Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. And we're talking about how to live with faith and doubt. How to walk with faith and doubt. Because many of us, this is sort of the tension that we live in. Many of us believe, we trust in God. I love what Kenneth said and when he was praying. He said, some of us, we, we, we want to believe in God, but we don't quite believe in God. Or some of us just don't understand God. We don't know if we like God. And that is sort of part of the tension and the reality of, of the culture that we live in today. Because there's ideas from the Bible about the Word of God, some of which are presented clearly to us and is hard for us to swallow. Others have been mispresented to us. And our misunderstanding of God has caused us to question whether or not we even like God or believe in God. And so the idea behind the series is hopefully for us to have an understanding of who God is, that we can walk in faith with who God is, but while we still walk through doubt. So that's kind of what we're talking about in this series. Um, If you missed part one. You can go back and listen to it on the podcast. If you have uh, the Apple Podcast app, we're on there. Or if you go to ccvb.net slash the Factory Youth Podcast, you can listen to it there as well. Um, and uh, you can catch up. But tonight, we're here. Sounds good? Yeah, awesome. And uh, I mentioned it before. If you have the Bible app, um, you can uh, pull it up under events and follow along in the notes there. Um, so last week, we began and talked about how it's okay to doubt. That's where we began, that it's okay. We sort of just released this, this maybe um, concept that if you have faith, you can't have doubt. For many of us, that's just not the case, and some of us feel guilty because we live with doubt. So it's okay to doubt, and we talked about what causes our doubt, and then what our doubt causes, and then how we combat that with faith. Tonight we're going to talk about how doubt is faith in something. Oh, I never put my, gosh darn it, those are last week's. Oh, it was one of those days. I was so close. Okay, but if you have the Bible app, you can follow along there, and I'll do my best to communicate it as clearly as I can. My title is this, Faith Because God Said So. Faith Because God Said So. We're in John chapter 20. We're also going to be in Genesis chapter 3. Okay, John 20, which is uh, like the beginning section of the New Testament, and then Genesis 3, which is the very beginning, the first book. Um, We're going to start in John 20. We read it last week. We're only going to read two verses. We're going to sort of now take it chunk by chunk, because this is going to be our anchor verse or story um, for this series. John 20 says this, now Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them, that's the disciples, when Jesus came. This is after Jesus resurrected. He died. They witnessed it. On the cross, Jesus died, he exhaled, he breathed his last, he was buried in a tomb, like he was dead, dead, dead. And for three days, he lay dead in a tomb, and then on the third day, he, life came back into him, and he rose from the dead, powerful. And he walked out of the tomb, and he met a woman named Mary, and then he appeared to ten of the apostles. And we know Judas and uh, 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 Thomas weren't there, and that's kind of where we pick up. Thomas wasn't there when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands and the mark of his nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Okay, that's where we're going to look at tonight. Now jump uh, over, if you turn there, to Genesis chapter 3. This is all the way back. This is the Garden of Eden. This is God um, and Adam and Eve. This is the beginning, right? It says this. Now the serpent 
was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? So, okay, God created everything in seven days, six days, seventh day he rested. He said, you can eat of every tree of the garden is what he said, except for one. There's one, don't eat of it. And then the serpent comes along. We know that the serpent is, is Satan, and he shows up, and he says, did God actually say you shall not eat any tree in the garden? Notice how he twists the words of God. You notice that? What God said is you can eat of every tree of the garden except for this one. And then Satan rolls up and says, did God say you can't eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was good, uh, was a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Okay, so let me break down the two stories. Jesus is resurrected. Thomas shows up. All the disciples are like, Jesus is resurrected. And he's like, uh-uh. And they're like, yeah, huh? Like one of those conversations. Uh-uh, uh-huh. And then he says, unless, unless I see the holes in his hands, unless I see the hole in his side, I'm never going to believe. Basically what Thomas said is he says, I am only going to believe if I can see it, explain it, or understand it. Then fast forward or, or rewind uh, to Genesis 3. And you've got this situation where, where God has blessed the garden. God has given them all sorts of fruit that they can enjoy except for this one. And then Satan rolls in and says, did God say you can't eat of any of it? And then what happened was, was Eve began to look and desire what she saw rather than what God said. In both situations, this is what's happening. Um, and this is my first point. Doubt is faith in something. Okay, doubt, when we doubt, it is faith in something. Thomas decided that he wasn't going to believe the promises of Jesus because Jesus said over and over and over again while he was alive that he was going to die and come back. Jesus, like, it was like on, on replay. He'd be like, hey, I'm going to die, but don't worry, I'm going to come back. And the disciples, they like went over their head, in one ear, out the other. In fact, one time Jesus said this, and, and it was almost like Jesus was finishing, hey, I'm going to die and I'm going to come back. And then one of the apostles was like, hey, um, Okay, that's cool. Um, but do you think uh, when you're in heaven, we, me and my brother can sit on your right and left hand? Like, can we rule with you? Like, that's cool, you're dying, whatever. But when you're on your throne, can we rule with you? And, and all the time, just in one ear, out the other. Right? You know the difference between hearing and listening? Like, uh, Hannah does it, my wife does this to me all the time. She'll be like, did you hear me? And I'll repeat back what she said to her. And she's like, but you weren't listening. Like, you, you were not listening. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm on my phone. I'm, like, spaced out. And I can, like, regurgitate because I heard the words, but I wasn't listening. Because if I was listening, I would have done something. You know what I'm saying? We, we, so hearing, they heard it, but they weren't listening. But so, so Thomas decided that he wasn't going to believe the promise of Jesus or the testimony of the church, in other words, the, the proof of the disciples that they said, but he was going to trust in his own eyes, right? He, he's like, I'm not going to believe unless I see. When I see it, 
then I'll believe it. When I can hold it and when I can, I'm not going to believe because you told me to believe. I'm going to believe because I understand it. I'm seeing it. And then Eve decided that she wasn't going to trust in the word of God, but she was going to listen to the voice of the serpent and her own desires. Listen to me. Everyone has faith in something. Because we're all trying to get somewhere we've never been before. Right? That's, that's the human experience. We're all trying to get somewhere we've never been before. So right now it's like I'm trying to get through school so that I can either get into another school that I can get through or that I can get to a job so that I can make money so I can have children so that they can get through school. Right? So we all are trying to get somewhere we've never been before. And because of that, we have hopes and we have faith that tomorrow you're going to get up, you're going to go to school, you're going to turn in that assignment, you're going to pass that exam, you're going to wrap up the school semester. You know what I'm saying? We have faith that tomorrow this is what's going to happen because we're all trying to get somewhere we've never been before. And so we trust because of that, because we're trying to go somewhere, we trust what we hear from our friends about what we should do or how we should get through we trust what we read online. We trust how we were raised. We trust what our teachers tell us. And then that becomes our basis of trust. Right? So we trust what our parents told us. Or we trust what our teacher tells us. Or we trust what that, that article read, said. Or we trust what that Instagram ad tells us. Or we trust what our parents or, or our parents or our teachers tell us. And that now becomes our basis of faith. Because no one has no faith. I'm going to say that again. No one, no matter what people tell you or what people claim or what people say, no one has no faith. Everyone has faith in something. Everybody has faith in something. Everyone just places their faith in different things. And the primary place that people uh, put their faith is in themselves. We trust in ourselves. We live in a culture that teaches you to question everything. Question your parents. Question your pastor. Question the system. Question the Bible. Question God. And this is just the culture that we live in, right? You, nothing is, and maybe it's because we like were raised on the internet and your parents pumped in your, like you can't, you, you can't trust everything you read on the internet. Like my, I remember a story when I was a kid, I, I had a friend named Johnny, he lived across the street from me and he told me that you could get real life lightsabers online. And I came home, I came home to my parents and I'm like, mom and dad, you've been holding out on me. You've been lying to me. You've been deceitful. Johnny across the street told me that you can buy real lightsabers online. Not just like what you get at Disney World. Like real, like cut through the door, like they're still coming through, like type lightsabers. And they looked at me like, you, they said, you can't, one, you can't believe what Johnny says. And two, you can't believe everything you read online. Right? And that is like, so we have this in us to question everything. Question everything. And that affects how we view the Bible and how we view God. The interesting thing about the story of Adam and Eve 
is that God gives no real explanation as to why they can't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, he tells them that if they eat it, they will die. But no reason why he set it up like this. And they had no basis or concept of what he was talking about when he said they will die. Right? All they've experienced in the garden, this was pre-death. There's no such thing as death. Nobody or nothing had ever died to this point. And so God says to them, hey, if you eat of this one tree, you will die. That meant nothing. Nobody died before. That was a concept that was completely foreign. It had never existed before. And so God doesn't give them, hey, here is what I'm saying, and here is why I'm saying it. All God said was, don't eat of that. That's it. Don't eat of it. If you do, you'll die. I don't know what that means. No clue. And I have no, why would I trust you? And what God is doing there is teaching them to trust in him. Listen, because he said so. Okay, I don't know about you, but when my parents used to say that, it would make my skin crawl. It would make my blood boil. Like, you need to do this. Why? Because I said so. And I'm like, that is not a good answer. That is not a good reason. I need, to, I need depth. I need girth. I need reason. But what God is, is, is teaching Adam and Eve, and one of the things that we learn as we grow in our relationship with God, is we have to learn to trust God. Why? Because he said so. Because he invites us into relationship and closeness to him where we can trust him simply at his word. God says, if, if, listen, here, here's, here is the, the life that I've promised to give you and you can eat of every tree in the midst of the garden. Just don't eat of this one. If you do, you're going to die. Now, now God is, is, is obviously giving them the option and the choice to trust him. Without that tree, they have no choice to trust him, right? They're robotic. They just live in the garden forever. This now institutes this idea of choosing your faith and having a relationship with God because you choose him. But trust becomes in God simply because God has called us and invited us into trusting him and because he is somebody that we can trust. So everybody has faith in something. Second thought is this. Faith in the wrong thing is what causes doubt. Faith in the wrong thing is what causes doubt. Faith is what you put your trust in. It's, it's, it's to put the weight of your life or your future or your hopes and your dreams into something. It's to, it's to put your weight on it. Doubt happens. Listen to me. Doubt happens when you place your faith in something that can't hold you. Okay, so, so faith is I am putting the weight of my life and my hopes and my ideas and my future and my eternity into something. Doubt happens when we place our faith in something that can't hold us. When, when you put your weight on something that can't hold you. You ever sat in a chair and it broke? And you're like, huh, maybe I shouldn't have eaten that. 15th cookie or whatever, right? Like, because we, we, we with, without even thinking about it, we sit down in chairs and we trust they're going to hold us. 
But, but what happens, doubt happens when you put the weight of something uh, or you put the weight of your life onto something and it, it breaks, it, it falls apart, it can't, it can't hold you. And sometimes we place in our faith in things uh, or in other things thinking we have faith in God and then we're disappointed when it doesn't hold us. Listen, in order for God to carry us, we must actually trust in him. Sometimes we trust, listen to me, this is key. If you can zero in for one moment and, listen, and hear me. Sometimes we trust in good situations, thinking that it's God. Or we trust in our ideas about God, thinking that it's God. Rather than who God is, and then we're disappointed. Okay, so I, I made up this idea about God. God acts this way. I'm, it's from my mind. And then God didn't act that way, and I doubt God. Well, that wasn't God. That was you thinking it was God. Or, or, or you thought, do you know what? God, relationship with God means my life is good all the time. That's an idea that we come up with. And then when our life is difficult, we go, wait a second. I thought God was good all the time. But what it was is we put the weight of our life in something that couldn't hold us. And so we doubt. What we have to learn to do is trust fall the right way. Eric, would you come up here for a second? Actually, no. You, you move first. Omar, come here. You, 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 you move first, Omar. Give it up for Omar. He was like ready to go. Okay. You, you know what a trust fall is? Yeah, yeah. You think you can catch me? Okay, okay. All right. All right, actually. You, you acted so fast. Oh, my gosh. Okay, stay up here. Stay up here. Okay. So, so I, I, I fell the wrong way, right? I went that way. He was behind me. Dude, you are fast. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I felt, okay, let's do, let's, okay. Okay, you can grab a seat. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Okay, here, here's the point I'm trying to make. Do you, I can't believe you caught me like that. That was incredible. Um, okay, so we, we, so here's God, Right? God is there like, I want to catch you. I, I can carry your weight. I can hold you. And then what we do is we, we lean our weight the wrong direction. And then we fall, and we're like, God, why didn't you catch me? God, where were you? But what it was is we were trusting in a good situation, or we were trusting in the life that we thought we would have, or, or we were trusting in, oh, I thought God actually was like this, and we were trusting in some concept or some idea or some, some fantasy rather than recognizing God is there to catch us and actually falling into God. And what we have to learn to do is actually trust in who God is. Because doubt or faith in the wrong thing will always leave you disappointed. Faith in the wrong thing will always cause doubt. And so what, you, what we as followers of Jesus have to learn to do is trust in God, have faith in the right thing, faith in who he is. Okay, last thing is this. And worship team, you guys can come back up here. I'm trying to move fast so we can sing one more song. Worship team, come up here. Okay, 
Faith in the right thing, listen to me, causes faith. Faith in the wrong thing causes doubt. Faith in the right thing causes faith. Okay, back to Eve in the garden. You with me? Okay, Hannah's with me. Back to Eve in the garden. Eve's faith, listen, was in the words of the serpent, her desires, and what she saw. Okay, so the serpent comes in, and he's like, hey, so did God say you can't eat of any, any tree in the garden? That's so messed up. God's so lame. He won't let you have any fun. These trees are so cool, and you are missing out. I can't believe God would say that. And she said, no, oh, actually, no. Um, he said we could eat of if all, all the trees of the garden except for that one. And he's like, well, look at that one. Man, that one's so good. That is like the best one. He says, if, if, if you eat from that one, you're actually going to be like God. You're going to be like God. And then what it says is, is, is Eve looks at it, and when she sees it, she saw that it was desirable. There was something about it that, that was like, wow. It was, it, was, it was pleasant to the eyes. She said also that it was, it was good for food. So it looked good and it tasted good. So she saw it and now she's, she's making a decision. She is deciding, is she going to trust in God and his word? Which said, don't eat that. I've got better plans for you. Don't eat that. Or is she going to trust in what she sees and her own desires and her own feelings? And when she ate of it, it led to disappointment and separation from God. We need to learn, listen to me, to trust in the person, power, and promises of God. The person means this speaks to your relationship with God. Do you know him? Do you have relationship with him? The more time you spend with him, the more you will learn to trust him. Hannah and I trust each other. We've been married for over seven years now. We trust each other because we've, and we've been together for almost 10 years. Of friend, we have almost 10 years of friendship to base our trust off of. Right? The longer we're together, the longer we're friends, the longer we walk through life together the more trust we have with, for each other. Because we're, we're, we're building life, we're, we're building trust with one another. And relationship with God, in order to have trust in God, you gotta know him. You've gotta learn that he's trustworthy. You've gotta, ha- you gotta know the person of God, the person of Jesus that loves you and cares for you and is there for you. You gotta know the person, you gotta trust in him. You gotta trust in the power. This speaks of the spirit of God and the energy of God. Listen, are you moving in the direction that God is moving in? You may doubt God because you feel far from him, but maybe it's that because you're not where he is and where he wants you to be. God, God's presence and power and energy is, is, is moving a direction. He's going somewhere. He's doing something. And when we're disconnected from him and we're distant from him when we miss out on the energy and the power of God it can cause doubt in our life and then thirdly the promises of God this means you trust in God's word and what he says both Thomas and Eve and Adam were unwilling to trust in God's word 
Jesus and what he said was going to happen and the testimony of other believers, right? That's what we have. We have the testimony of other believers. We have the word of God and we have the testimony of other believers that say, hey, God is like this. God is good. God is faithful. God is there. And you're like, I haven't experienced that before. And what we have to do is, okay, I trust because God's word said it and I trust because other believers say it. So, so we, and, 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 and Eve, same thing. She didn't trust God's word. She trusted what she saw and what she felt. We choose to trust the word of God over the word of people or professors or experiences or ideas or, 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 or posts or whatever it is. And God's word becomes the anchor in which we trust. But listen, we must trust the totality of his word. Meaning from like start to finish. We, don't, we, we talked about it last week with, with, with Jefferson's Bible. Remember how he was cutting things out of his Bible. And, and, and because there's part of like, I don't like that, and we don't trust that, or I don't, that doesn't make sense, so we don't trust that. We have to trust the totality of his word. Because God's word says things like this. Listen, listen. Uh, Romans 8, 28 says this. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. But then Romans also says this, Romans 5, 3. Not only that, but we glory also in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. So, so something, sometimes we, we want to trust Romans 8.28, but we don't want to trust Romans 5.3. What I mean by that is we want to trust, okay, God is going to make everything good. But then when we're going through tribulations and we're called to glory and rejoice in tribulations, we're like, I don't like that. Well, we have to, and, and what happens is we're like, I thought God was a Romans 8.28 God. I didn't realize he was also a Romans 5.3 God. And so when we're walking in Romans 5.3, when we're walking through tribulation, and we're like, wait, what the heck? I thought it was going to be Romans 8.28 all the time. Why am I Romans 5.3? It's because we have to learn to trust the totality of God's word. That God is actually bigger than one verse. God is, God is actually bigger than one story in the Bible. God is, is, is God. Solomon in the Old Testament said when he was building God a house, he finished the temple and it was considered one of the, the ancient marvels of the world. People would come from all over the world to come see the temple that Solomon had built from God, for God. And he makes a statement and he says, he says this, this house doesn't do it justice because the heavens and the heavens of heavens can't contain the glory of God. So there's a, there is a totality of God and who he is that we have to learn to trust. Aspects that we don't understand, things that we, we will never understand, but we have to learn to trust in the person, the power, and the promises of God. Because everyone has faith in something. The question is, can the object of your faith hold you? What this text and message is really calling us to is to trust God over people. Often we get our signals crossed and we think that we're trusting God, but in reality we're trusting our ideas of God or what people say about God or what people think God is. We must learn to trust in God, the person, the power, and promises of God, and take him simply at his word. Trust him, faith because he said so. Faith because he said so.